0: Hello there. Welcome to Code Talk, the podcast where we discuss building code and its impacts on residents and business owners right here in Fairfax County. You know, once a residential project is complete and has passed its final building inspection, homeowners can occupy and enjoy their new space. Unfortunately, there are times where issues arise well past the final inspection. If a homeowner does find a major issue, they are able to file a complaint against their contractor in Fairfax County. And to explain more about post-occupancy and residential complaints is Scott Haggerty. He's a master combination inspector with the Code Development and Compliance Division of Land Development Services. He also handles unlicensed contractor complaints. So, Scott, thanks for being with us. Well, oh, thank you for having me. I'm sure you got some stories you could tell us. Yeah, they're they're pretty much endless. <laughs> and maybe we'll talk about them after the podcast. There you go. <laughs> um, it, it sounds like a mouthful. Post occupancy residential complaints uh, with licensed contractors. What what are we talking about in a nutshell? What does all that mean?
1: Uh, Post occupancy is uh, an inspection that would come after there's been an approval. Uh, tendency is over time things seem to uh uh e- even if they weren't wrong when it was built they you know things are defective or there's other problems mm. that come up that are that are actually code violations that so we'll come in and address those okay. uh sometimes you'll have uh issues where somebody moved in and didn't notice there was a uh, a drip from their ceiling mm. for many months uh, until okay. after they've been in there and gotcha. then uh, find out it's a roof leak. That's a building head issue, and we'll come in and have it resolved. Okay. Uh, the unlicensed contractors are uh, mixed in, and, and we check everybody that we have a complaint on. We okay. go and check their license information. So is there like a
0: time limit or something here that we're, we're talking about? There's a
1: two-year statute of limitations. Okay. Uh It's different for uh, – there are two categories. One is a new home. Uh, okay. And then your two-year statute of limitation period begins uh, either from the date of your uh, final uh, – like your certificate of occupancy uh-huh. or whenever somebody actually moved in, the date of actual occupancy, whichever is later. Oh, okay. So if somebody got their uh, occupancy permit uh, uh, in February but somebody didn't move until April, April would start. Okay. And gotcha. that would be for their initial homeowner – You know, somebody actually living there. Uh, And then there's for additions. And for additions, the date of your final inspection would begin when you got your final approval. Then your two-year statute period would begin from the date of that approval because your house already had an occupancy permit. Okay. Okay. And so
0: during that two-year period, if someone thinks they have an issue or they do have an issue, that's where the land uh, disturbance and post-occupancy branch comes into play. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. They can call our office and – we're happy to go out and perform an inspection to see if uh, there are any violations out on site on uh, address their concerns Uh, sometimes we get things that are not related to the building code like a a driveway or uh, a sidewalk or something that's unrelated to a slab on grade uh, without uh, really needing a permit like a driveway for us as far as building code goes okay So would
0: that be something folks can call your branch and kind of discuss what the issue is and then to determine if it's even appropriate that it's in the right place, et cetera, before they, I don't know, file work or or make a complaint or that type of thing?
1: Yeah, when they call in a complaint, it actually goes through a review process because there are multiple agencies that handle different types of complaints. Uh, For like an unpermitted complaint, you'd have the Department of Co-compliance that would deal with that or a property maintenance complaint. Uh, zoning infractions uh, would be through uh, Department of Code Compliance. Uh, we deal with the post-occupancy, unlicensed contractor complaints, uh, and then deal with Silver Shield also. So hmm. those uh, it, it, they triage it look for okay. what agency should be dealing with it, send it to the appropriate people, and, okay. and then we follow through. All
0: right. I want to touch on Silver Shield, something you mentioned, but I want to touch on that in just a minute. I want to go make sure I'm, I'm understanding this. So you've got the, the building inspections branch, and then you've got the land disturbance and post-occupancy branch. What's the difference? How, how do those two things differ or similar or work together?
1: Uh, we're all building inspectors okay. uh, by you know, trade, and I used to work in the residential inspections branch before okay. it became the uh, just the, the uh, what it is today, which is a com- uh, combined commercial and residential inspections department. Uh, from there, I started doing code enforcement, and the inspectors deal with every inspection that's called into the county foundation inspections, framing, plumbing, mechanical, electrical. Uh, gas, any of these inspections that take place on site during the process of the permit, uh, while it's open, uh, the building inspections branch will handle all that. That's for commercial or residential. Okay. Uh, and then when it gets to where it's already been approved as a final, uh, and everything's been uh, inspected and and it's been approved, anything that comes after that would be where our department would come into play. Okay, so pretty simple.
0: I mean, there's a a, a fine line it's just the i'm overthinking it because of these complicated sounding names for the branch post occupancy and residential you know but it's it's really pretty simple
1: yes yes we uh we deal very very uh strict line as far as where we're what yeah. we're, our scope is and our purpose and right. what we're there to do right. and uh you know, it's going, and, and a lot of things don't show up for months and months after you've moved in, and all oh, of a yeah. sudden you'll look up and say, well, I never noticed that. Right. A stain on the wall or, you know, something like that, and then they'll call us and, right. is this proper? Or a toilet that starts bubbling and mm. turns out to be a venting issue or something like that. Well, we I was I was
0: going to ask you if you had some of the more common complaints or, or issues, and I, maybe that's a couple of them, but—
1: yeah roofing is typically uh roofing and then water in the basements things like oh, okay. that uh would be uh very common uh, mostly it's water related. you'll have uh where there's been damage either by the, the uh, window leaking or mm-hmm. roof mm-hmm. leaking or or foundation leaking right. uh plumbing leaking right uh, a lot of that stuff
0: so when when these complaints come in. And you guys go out and take a look and inspect, and you find the complaint to be valid. What what happens then?
1: We contact whoever created the violation. It's called in the, the code book or in the law. It says the responsible party uh, is the the person that has to uh, be cited for this. Uh, that would be uh, not to kind of bore you, but Section One Twelve of uh, the uh, Virginia Uniform Statewide Building Code dictates that the person who actually does and performs the work mm-hmm. is the person that's responsible to get the permits and things like <laughs> that. And if we find out they're unlicensed, then they wouldn't be able to get a permit. Uh, so we have to look for other remedies. Uh, sometimes we'll look to try and have that uh, entity hire a licensed professional to come in to either uh, remediate any of the issues they caused or uh, things like that. It's uh, It's a little tricky. Uh, mm-hmm. because the the way the law is written right uh, we have to work through these processes and we have the court that we use uh, to our advantage uh, taking unlicensed contractors to court it's class one misdemeanor so right. they're right. potentially looking at a, up to $2,500 fine wow. and, and up to a year in jail for uh, working in the county without a license right. uh, but we see a lot of damage caused by these guys too well and I'm I'm
0: Hearing you talk and I'm thinking, you know, this is a great reminder for folks not to try to save a few bucks up front um, with an unlicensed contractor, you know, because things can happen. Things can, you know, even with the best of intentions and the best licensed persons, the best professionals, things happen and you want to have some recourse at, you know, when it's all said and done if you come across a problem.
1: That is correct. We uh, work with the state, who uh, has the Department of Professional and Occupational Regulation. Uh, People call it DPOR. Uh, They uh, actually have a recovery fund that you can tap into if you use a licensed contractor. Mm. But if you use an unlicensed contractor, there's no recovery fund availability. uh, So you can't go in and say, this guy messed my house up and try and recoup some of that money. Right. It becomes a civil issue solely. Uh, there's a criminal aspect to it because if it's an unlicensed contractor, of course, there's that criminal side. But the money you've spent a lot of times is is gone. Yeah.
0: Now, are the majority of calls and complaints y'all get come from these uh, post-occupancy issues when the owners can't get up with or get the unlicensed contractor to respond, that type of thing?
1: That's typically where it comes from yeah. is they they stop responding to the yeah. homeowners and yeah. then they call us. Uh, A lot of times the homeowners think that they are licensed, Uh, that these contractors, they were recommended by a friend or a friend of the family or a family member. And they just say, hey, I've used this guy to do trim in my house. He did a great job. You're doing an addition. Why don't you call him? And the next thing you know, he might be a great trim carpenter, but when it comes to framing, he may be (laughs) lacking a few talents. uh, Do you
0: you guys have tips with your your experience? Do you have tips that you can provide on – on on what to look for or how to hire a, a contractor?
1: Oh, absolutely. We uh, we would recommend everybody call either DPOR or our office. Uh, they will uh, verify that the contractor, number one's licensed. licensed. Uh, you can even go to the DPOR website. They have a, a website you can go on uh, and they have license lookup. So you mm-hmm. can actually go on there, look up their license, make sure the number one that they're licensed, wow. ask for their references call the references and actually go look at some of the work that they've done Mm. uh it'll be a telltale sign uh if you see uh you know drywall cracks and faulty uh, trims falling off the walls and doors that aren't sealed and things (laughs) give you a good indication turn around and walk away yeah (laughs) that this may not be the right guy for you right right
0: um say somebody's done everything right you know they've maybe even hired a licensed contractor Still things happen, those kind of things. They, and I'm, I'm thinking, and correct me if I'm wrong, the, the first call really should be to your contractor or the person that did the work. Try to, try to work it out with them. But say they can't get satisfaction, that type of thing. Um, how can someone go about filing a complaint or starting this, this process?
1: Uh, They can go online. I know uh, through the Department of Code Compliance, they accept all complaints, and then they'll feather it down to us, or they can call our office directly. Uh, I know that uh, when we're dealing with uh, complaint-based issues, uh, that we want to make sure there's a one-year statute on unlicensed contractors. And we've had a lot of people that have not known their contractors are unlicensed try and Work it out with the contractor over an extended period of time, mm-hmm. and then they exceed that one year, uh-huh. and then before they come to us, and then there's not much we can do. Wow, uh, as far as going after the unlicensed entity, uh, because of the statute on that, uh, huh. is is one year. You have to you right. have to catch them within one year of do when th- they did
0: it. Do you think the unlicensed contractors know that and? <laughs> some may, some may not. Just try to stall. Yeah, they.
1: I, a lot of them do try and stall. Wow. You know. Wow. And, uh I mean, we uh, we see it all the time, but if they call soon enough and we get involved, we can uh, typically, if they're even if they're licensed, uh, or unlicensed, we can write up a corrective work order, which is going to list the itemized violations of all the different building codes that we see on a site uh, that could be wrong mm-hmm. uh, that need to be abated we'll work through that uh, with licensed or unlicensed mm-hmm. uh, the licensed ones typically come back and take care of things right. uh, fairly readily they're uh, Usually we don't have to get to the point of taking them to court and things like that because they voluntarily come in and abate the violations. Right. They understand the process right. and, and what's involved. It's right. the unlicensed ones that you end up having the problem with. Their reputation, one. their business, that yeah, kind of they, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they can't come back. The unlicensed ones aren't allowed on site anyway because right. they aren't allowed to do the work to begin with. So that's gotcha. where it gets a little more tricky. Yeah.
0: Um, is the building division number
1: uh, the, the number that they should call? Uh, they can call the building division number. They can call the Department of Code Compliance number. They can call our number for uh, Code Development and Compliance Division. Uh, any any of those numbers, Consumer Protections, they can call them. Okay. Uh, almost any uh, right. building department right. okay. agency would be able to get you in contact okay. with
0: us. Well, the, the main building division number that I have is 703-631-5101. Or the email l d s b d mail at fairfaxcounty.gov. Uh, you can also um, always remember just call seven zero three Fairfax. That's a main counting number, kind of an information referral number, and you can state your problem or issue, and they'll try to direct you to the uh, to the proper place. You mentioned Silver Shield a little earlier in the program, and I wanted to make sure I came back to that. First of all, what is Silver Shield when you when you say that?
1: Uh, Silver Shield is our educational outreach, uh, and it deals with scams. Hmm. Uh, We have a lot of uh, scams in the county that we see on a daily basis. Uh, There are a multitude of them, and we try to bring uh, those scams to the public so that they're made aware. Uh, We see a lot of uh, people taking advantage of our elderly residents, which uh, we want to try and protect them as much as we can. Uh, so we go to rec centers and things like that to try and get the word out to these folks that uh, there are scammers out there, what the latest scams are, right. uh, the grandparent scam or, or the sheriff scam or the, you know, or the IRS scam. Uh, but we also deal uh, with door-to-door scams, which are uh, – we call them woodchucks, but uh, they're just unlicensed contractors that target uh, the elderly primarily, and they try to take advantage of uh, – their age, their inability to get up on roofs or Mm -hmm. go into attics to check what they're doing. Uh, They'll go in and and tell you you have a tree limb that needs to be trimmed, and they'll do that just fine, and then they'll come back down and tell you you have a hole in your roof. And the next thing you know, there's they're they're taking thousands and thousands of dollars and wow. return visit after return visit and right. and we've seen uh three and four hundred thousand dollars go out wow. of uh, of one household wow. uh just based on these scammers and uh it's detrimental to these homeowners and and uh, it can ruin your life sure uh and so we uh we work with the Fairfax County Police Department on on uh trying to gain a hold on this it's it's difficult there are a lot of woodchucks out there well county's big over 400
0: square miles so there's a lot and there's you know over a million residents so there's a lot of potential targets out there
1: and we have an aging population we have a lot of federal retirement military uh you know and and we see a lot of people will be targeted based on uh having like a, a memorandum sign in their yard and memory of their loving husband or something like that so that they target these houses they look for people with older cars uh town cars bigger cars interesting uh you know so that they're it's a it's a door-to-door looking for the right right victim
0: what what can residents in that age range or you know whatever do or caregivers do to try to
1: stay safe from from these woodchucks, from these scammers, is there any tips? Uh, yeah, you don't always have to answer your phone. You can, uh, you can, you can decide not to answer if you don't recognize the number or anything like that. Uh, chances are it's a, a scam call or somebody called trying to sell you something. That... I always tell my wife
0: it's if it's important they'll leave a message.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. And it'll be a legit uh, person you can verify their right, existence. Right. It's not just somebody calling from from wherever in another part of the world right. that says, hey, I need your money. Uh, but uh, somebody, yeah. somebody comes to the door, what should you do? Well, obviously, you don't have to answer the door, but if you do. That's number one. You don't have to answer the door. Uh, number two, any kind of solicitor is going to have a solicitor badge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a ID that comes from the county, uh, and it actually uh, will state who they are, what organization they're with. Uh, there's a picture of them on it. Uh, So everybody should have a solicitor's license if they're coming to your door to sell you something. Services, goods, it really doesn't matter. Uh, They would have a solicitor's license that you can verify uh, with the county here. Uh, If they don't uh, and they're just walking through the neighborhood, hey, I was down the street working, now we want to work at your house, uh, you don't have to make a deal right then. Tell them, leave their information. You want to check them out, get references, go through the process. You may find that they are reputable and right. and uh, you know just didn't have uh, all the proper credentials at the time they were there. Right. Uh, that's not correct, but uh, you know it's not that every person knocking on your door is some scammer. Right, right. Uh, they're you know they're maybe a majority of them are though. Right, that's what you got to worry it, about. Is
0: there a so in, in addition to the solicitor's badge? Is that what you called it? Uh, it should you ask for? Like uh, contractor license numbers.
1: I mean, absolutely, there... okay. they should have a copy of their contractor license with them. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, and they should be able to present that to you if you ask for it. Wow. Uh, so, there are multiple ways to check out to see if they're legit. Uh, you know, the second thing is don't don't be in a real hurry. If mm-hmm. uh, if you do have a roof leak or a water plumbing issue, you want to take immediate action because the damage could be catastrophic to the home uh in time, I would uh more lean to go to say the yellow pages and Depor and try and tie all that together and make a phone call and get somebody in that I know is a professional right. to deal with uh a problem. Uh, that can be done quickly within a few minutes if you if you look at it correctly. Right, right. But if you're planning a long term project, a big addition or building a house on a on an existing foundation, a new home, or uh, want to do a huge remodeling project or something like that, uh, I wouldn't be in a hurry. Right. I would definitely take my time. I'd do a lot of research right. because, you know, you're stuck with who you pick, right. and usually you're dealing with tens of thousands of right. dollars. Right. Don't want to have to talk to you after the job's done.
0: That <laughs> Yes. And,
1: and even the best of the best of, you know, sure. if you're in the business long enough uh, – Small little things happen, and and it, even minor things can be an infraction of the building code. So there are times where you see names that you may see on TV or hear on the radio advertising. Now they've been in business for 50, 60, 70 years. That we come in and say, hey, can you please come back and take care of this for right. us? And they and they'd jump right on it and get stuff, it done. But, yeah, even the best companies have problems. Yeah. Not everybody's perfect. All There's right. nobody out there. Cool, Scott. Final takeaway, last uh, couple of seconds.
0: Give you the kind of kind of final word here on the podcast today. What do you want our listeners to to take away from?
1: Uh, I would say, I would say that I'd like to have everybody do a little bit more uh, of a diligent research on whoever they're going to hire. Uh, just because a family member says, "Hey, you know, this is the guy I used. Uh, he did a great job on my place." Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that the guy's qualified to do what he's coming in to do at your place, so that's uh, that's something I really would love to see people call the agencies that are out there. You have DPOR, you have our office, uh, co compliance, uh, consumer protections. There's so many different agencies. Even the attorney general's office mm. can give you information on a lot of uh, right. a lot of these issues and and steer you in the right direction. Right. A uh,
0: little, little research time now will save you uh, probably a whole lot of time and a whole lot of money later.
1: So, yeah, yeah. grief, All right. potential grief.
0: Scott Haggerty, thanks for uh, being with us on the uh, Code Talk podcast. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Good information there from Scott, the uh, Code Development and Compliance Division of Land Development Services. That's in the uh, Land Disturbance and Post Occupancy Branch. And it sounds a whole lot easier than all of those words that I just mentioned. So uh, if you need to, hit rewind and go back. But uh, good information there from Scott. Uh, If you need to get more information, again, just go to fairfaxcounty.gov and search. And if you need to call Land Development Services uh, or go online and visit them, that's at fairfaxcounty.gov fairfaxcounty.gov slash land development, or call the building division at 703 uh, 631 Also email address uh, mail at fairfaxcounty.gov. That's Mail at fairfaxcounty.gov. I want to thank you for listening to the Code Talk podcast, which is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.